Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Okay, are we ready? Are we ready? I'm just gonna say my title so I don't forget later. The title of my message tonight is Mind Sift. Um, talking about mind shifting, right? And I wanna, we're gonna talk about mindset stuff tonight. And I wanna, can I look? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I know amateur. So what you, I'm sure you guys have heard this, but what you think about, you bring about. There's the notion that uh, your thoughts determine your actions, determine your character, determine your destiny, right? So thoughts are actually incredibly, incredibly, incredibly important. And there is a theme tonight, I don't know if you've picked up on it, but co-laboring in Christ. So we will pro you'll probably see some of that through the message. But um, I wanna pull up, can we share my garden picture? Did they, do they have my garden picture? Okay, this is my backyard right now. I do all the work and my husband doesn't care about the garden. <laughs> so, um, so God really had arrested me and got me thinking about thoughts and thought life and all this and all the while, like we've had tons of snow, so I thought I had plenty of time to get in my garden and like dig the dirt out, you know. I'm looking to expand this year. Last year we had like three little garden beds. And this year I'm like, where is every single scrap of dirt that I can put a plant in? I wanna use it, because we don't have like a tremendously huge backyard, but I'm like, okay, I wanna make do, I wanna like be faithful because I want the 100 acre property someday. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn this thing and make it fruitful. So I started digging, okay? Now, if you know anything about gardening, um, you gotta get the soil really good, right? Well, Utah soil, at least in my backyard, is interesting. So <laughs> I basically have perfect clay. I could seriously make a pot and like fire it. I was thinking about getting the clay out to start a side business. I'm gonna start pottery. But so much clay, so many rocks in our backyard. It is rough. And so, I mean, last year we did a little tester where we like put some plants and some seeds in the ground. Didn't really do, actually I did dig out a little bit. I tried to do what I could. And just to see, does anything grow in this, you know? And um, all the plants were like tiny, <laughs> not much happening. It was okay. I'm like, no, we're gonna, we're gonna address the issue. We're gonna get in the dirt. I'm gonna get a pickaxe. I mean, my friend told me, okay, you gotta get a sieve. I'm like, okay, what's this? So we went to my parents' house. We totally like made this out of scraps that they had. And I was like, we are gonna like get the rocks out of the dirt. Meanwhile, you're like pushing the clay on. And it's like, it's not the, I, you know, it's not nice. Like if you had dirty, dusty type dirt, it would just like shake out, you know? No, this is like, I'm like working really hard. And that's just like a two foot square, right? And then I got to do, I'm looking at, now the sun's out. I'm like, man, I could put plants in the ground. I've got to do like 20 more of these things. So I'm like, okay, it's a lot of work. Co-laboring with Christ. So the idea is we've got to get the rocks out, okay? 
So this is where I'm going. I want to actually read a significant chunk of scripture. I want you guys to chew on it. I want you to like lean in. Don't check out. Reading the Bible is excellent. We want to do this. So lean in, and I, some of you guys are going to get revelation even before my message, just by hearing stuff. So we're going to go to Matthew 13. Okay, this is Jesus. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea, and great multitudes were gathered together to him, so that he got into a boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Now, he spoke in parables a lot. I wanted to kind of caveat that. Why did Jesus teach in parables? He kind of hid things so that we would search them out. Because in the searching process, when we make things our own, it becomes part of us. When we just are told things, it's like in one ear and out the other, you know? So that's why he spoke in parables. So then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some seed fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And we're going to skip ahead to verse 18. And Jesus actually unlocks it and tells the disciples more of the meaning. So this is kind of a gift with uh, Jesus' style of teaching. So therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word out and he becomes unfruitful. But he who receives seeds on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. So I am pretty familiar with this. I've heard it a couple times. And I always used to think of it as like, well, I'm not the wayside, (laughs) you know, like, oh, I'm not, I don't care about the things of this world. So I'm not the weeds person. Oh, dang. Maybe I'm like the 30 fold, but like, no, I want to be the hundred fold. That was it. It was just like completely like just I'm none of these doesn't, doesn't apply. But what I have been feeling more so is it's less about like a people category and more about a stage in life. And that we all have different areas of our life that might fall into any of these categories. Um, So I kind of want to dig into that a little bit. And then you'll see where I'm going. Then I have some um, keys for us to take away. And then we'll get into ministry time, okay? Okay, so the first thing, the seed, right? The seed is the word of God. The seed is kingdom truths, principles, things that work in the kingdom in all of life, no matter what, all of the potential of life and fulfillment and abundance that Jesus wants for our lives is in the word of God. It's a seed, just like a seed. The seed has all the potential to grow this incredible plant and it will do that. It's encoded. Does that make sense? So kingdom life is actually meant to take over our lives, like infiltrate in the best way. So Matthew 13 says this. Here's another illustration Jesus used. 
The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It's the smallest of all the seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree and birds come and make nests in its branches. So it just is meant to completely infiltrate and take over your life. That is the potential of the word of God. Selah. (laughs) So then I want to look at the dirt in the story. The dirt kind of represents your life, my life. And in our lives, that's our heart, our mind, our emotions, our will, our choices, our faith. It's the place of our experience. It's the place of our memories. It's the place of have we sustained trauma? Have we had great experiences? That's the dirt. The depth of healthy soil kind of represents what is your capacity to live the fullness of the kingdom life? John 10, 19, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. The Lord's heart for us is to have the most incredible, most abundant, most amazing life on earth, in the land of the living. And so I kind of get a little, um, my question that I want to get to is, Why then do some people seem more fruitful than others? Or why are some parts of our life more fruitful than others? Why do we have different experiences when we're in the same house of God, when we're under the same teaching, we're hearing the same messages, the same words? Where does that come from? Um, Yeah, back to the dirt. There's a principle in the kingdom, okay, and I love this one. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's in here will come out and you'll locate, you'll be located through your speech. And so it's a two-way street. Let me explain. When the word of God goes in and it's trying to hit your heart, it has to bypass your mind. So it goes through a filter going in. That's where your memories are. Like I said, your past experiences, traumas, attached emotion. It's going through a filter. Okay, we're getting somewhere. We're going to talk about, just very quickly, wayside and weeds, and then we're going to come to our stony places. So the wayside has to do with hard ground. It's where the way of the world is. It's where everybody walks. It's where, you know, no knowledge of the kingdom. There's no understanding. So in order for the seed to get into the dirt, there first has to be a level of understanding. Okay, then we're going to talk about weeds. Weeds to me, or, you know, choking vines, whatever the the scripture says, to me is an external thing that comes to steal. It comes to choke out the life and the word. I immediately just feel like it's external, like a seed of something bad got into my garden, and now I got to pull it out, right? And they're competing interests. So it's things that compete against the purpose and the intent of the kingdom of heaven. But then I want to talk about stony places. This to me represents internal. Okay? So stony is like internal. Things that maybe rocks that have been in our garden from when we were born. Things that were handed down to us. Things that happened to us. Things that um, it's just built these hard places. It's not so much a picture of a person that's hard-hearted, 
so much as it's a picture of areas of our life where we have mindsets that need to be broken so that those stones and those rocks can be sifted out so that our dirt, of the dirt of our life can be healthy. It can go from hard rock into this beautiful compost. It can go from Utah clay into like the most abundantly wonderful garden soil you've ever seen. Okay, getting into the stony places. One thing I wanted to point out in the scripture was that it talked about, um, let's see here. He who received the seed on the stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. These are Christians. These are people who are in the house of God. These are people who are hungry for the word. And yet there's these stones that are choking out like they are just taking all the space in the soil so that the word of God can't take root. And they only endure for a little while because there's no root in themselves. So when persecution arises, they stumble. These stones are stumbling blocks. It's our thoughts, our beliefs that oppose kingdom truths. Now here's an interesting thing though. Where do thoughts come from? Thoughts are kind of informed and formulated based on our experiences. So the things that we've gone through um, dictate our thought life. You know, to, like a simple example, um, I hate the color red. I don't know why. Something probably in my past life. I just don't like red. My husband, I think you love the color red. So you, you are half red. <laughs> So just a very, very elementary example, but like something in our world has, has caused um, an association, if you will, and, and that's attached to our, that thought around the color red. Does that make sense? Okay, so the problem here in kingdom life is that we are allowing these stumbling blocks to remain, and therefore, when the word of God comes in, like it does at every service, it's, you know, we're preaching and, and we're receiving. Somehow there's times where it's not, gonna, it's not landing. Why is it not landing? Because there is a hard rock there that needs to get broken and sifted out and removed so that that particular word of God can come and bear much fruit. An example would be maybe people who have a dif difficult time giving um, it's because that penny hasn't dropped and there's still a rock of a poverty mindset that needs to get broken and removed. Okay, now another thing that happens with our thought life, and this is kind of where I really want to hone in, <clears throat> is triggers. Triggers. Okay, talk about the triggers. <laughs> triggers are the things that arise that challenge us and make us feel like the scripture says, um, that we can't endure. It's too hard. Memories and, and experiences, they have attachments, there's emotion. And I don't know about you, but like I can hear a song and be taken right back to a place. And it's all of a sudden like, whoa. And then I feel like I'm that same person in that place, but I'm not. But yet this thing feels like it's just dragging me back and has all this power over me. Um, in reality, those moments of challenge are meant to be where the kingdom of God inside of us shines. 
right? Bible talks about consider it pure joy when we face trials because the testing of our faith produces perseverance and leads to our maturity. They're meant to be, you know, they're meant to lead to our maturity. We don't, we don't always, we're just like, yeah, it's too hard. So, <laughs> and we respond childish. Uh, true story, I think I threw a squishy at my husband the other day because I was triggered out of a place of anger that he was just having a good time and he wasn't helping me with the screaming child. Uh, but what it triggered in me was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm alone. I'm not alone, but it uncovered a little bit of a mindset and it was a childish reaction. I'm like, okay, I don't wanna be childish, Lord. I don't wanna be like that. So we have to, we have to allow God's word to change our mind. And I think the biggest thing for most people is that that's where it's like they can't get past that. Like they, they can't choose the word of God over the way they're feeling. Or, but this is my reality. So it's like, oh, that's great. Or maybe it works for them. But Jeremiah 23, 29 says, is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces. So the word of the Lord is a hammer that will break that rock. We have to let the word change our mind. It makes me think of um, Simon Peter. So Luke 5, 4 through 7. I don't know if I gave you guys this one. It's okay. Um, when Jesus had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. This was after they had fished all night. They caught nothing. Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats, so they began to sink. It's a picture, very simply, of hearing the word, accepting it, acting on it, choosing, despite your unbelief, that you're going to do what the word of the Lord says. And then when the fulfillment of that word comes you actually see that in the goodness of God, it's so much more than you would have thought. So the process of going through that and just not choosing unbelief has such a greater reward on the other side of it. Okay, so here we go. Here's our three keys. I said how many. What if I changed it, Scotty? They're like, don't say how many you have because that way you can always change it. Okay, no, three keys. 14 keys, okay. <laughs> three keys for us because what we have to do is we have to sift and capture our thoughts the bible specifically talks about capturing your thoughts if we capture our thoughts we can rewire number one own your dirt i.e take responsibility for your life own your dirt people you own yours and i'll own mine okay this is your life, this is my life, it's not somebody else's. We have to accept responsibility for our thoughts. We have all the potential in the world to become those hundredfold people where the harvest just flows out of our life but it starts with taking ownership and responsibility. Humble yourself, you do not know it all. Let me say that again. Humble yourself because you do not know it all. I do not know it all. There are blind spots that we have. There are places where we can't see, and we need, we need the word of God. We need community. We need the Lord's processing to come and to show us those blind spots. And then start the work. 
because no one can do it for you, no one's going to do it for you. It's your life. I know that the hand that you and I have been dealt in many ways is not fair, but what we can do is determine our response to that. That is what taking responsibility is. And don't run away in intimidation because the enemy would love to keep you just away, just being a church chair sitter, church pew sitter. Don't sit on the pews. (laughs) Don't sit on the pews. But don't shy away from the work because God is with you. You're not alone. The Bible specifically says that we are God's fellow workers. 1 Corinthians 3.9. We co-labor with Christ. And then, crazy this in that verse. You're God's field. You're God's building. So I'm like, well, that goes good with my message, Lord. You're not alone. You just got to walk into it. The victory is there. We just have to continue to step into it. Okay, point number two. Are we laughing? Okay. 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 Point number two, sift happens. Your issues are opportunities. Okay. They are opportunities. When stuff comes up in your world that triggers you, that makes you just go right back to something that you're like, I thought was past this. Um, It's an opportunity. It's the Lord pointing his finger on something. He's going to take you deeper. What you can do in that moment is agree to disagree. When it comes up, when something is coming up, you can just, okay, wait, let me take a breath. Agree to disagree. I actually don't have to jump on that thought train because I know where it's going to go. And the Lord's taking me into a new place. He's taking me off of those train tracks, out of that rut in the mud that I always go down. So I'm just going to pause here. I'm going to agree to disagree. I'm going to not be the victim. And I'm just going to hold on to this and make note. I was triggered. This is why I was triggered. Very simple, hard to do, very simple. Let me help you out with your filter. This is where you have to actually exchange this filter and get a new filter. Philippians 4.8 says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. This verse is like a good filter for your thought life. If you find that your thoughts are not lovely, admirable, filled with peace, joy, love, then you don't need to agree with those. You can take those captive and just declare, I don't want that. And it just takes a little nudge of self-control to just, okay, hold tight. Nah, we're not going to go that way, okay? This is kind of like the sieve that we want our dirt to pass through. It's going to filter out the junk. When we meditate on good things, it's going to shift the whole garden of our life. So back to my analogy in Utah, I've read that if you're doing the dirt and you're treating the dirt and you're making it awesome, it could take like two to three years, you know, because it's clay. (laughs) But like, hang in there. Don't expect to have everything sorted out in that one moment. 
But I can tell you from personal experience that the first time you catch one, it makes the next time the thought comes up so much easier. And then the next one is so much easier. And then pretty soon you're like, I'm catching them all. They're not getting anywhere. Oh, I'm like, I'm over this. This is awesome. You've grown. Okay. I don't want to punch your face anymore. I know I, I should have had more stories. There's plenty of stories, people. I feel like the squishy, the throwing the little kid squishy at him was massive progress. <laughs> like way back in the day, it was a little more like aggressive than that. <laughs> so I love you, husband. Okay, point number three. Point number three, can you dig it? Can you dig it? Stay in the Lord's process. It is a lifelong process. Let me explain why. We are always meant to be taking ground. We are territory takers. In my garden, I have that one two-foot square patch. I've got to do like 20 more, like I said. We are meant to continue taking ground. There's more ground to be taken. That goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden with the commission that God gave Adam. Increase, multiply, take dominion. As we take territory, there's always gonna be new stones to be sifted out, whether that means it's because we've gone deeper in the dirt or we're going out further and we're encountering something new. There's always gonna be these things. So you need to remove shame that there's things. We just need to have a maturity about applying the word of God. And lastly on this, we are being conformed to the image of Christ. Romans 8, 29, whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So we are gonna continually be processed this side of eternity. You never arrive until you're like, welcome into heaven. While we're alive, we never arrive. That's probably a Pastor Jurgen or something. That's a Pastor Jurgen one, I think. <laughs> so I just want that to settle for a minute. And I felt like tonight, <clears throat> everybody doing good? You're, okay. You're not too comfy in your seats, right? Okay, okay. All right, why don't we all stand up? Are you, yeah, shake it out. Stand up, shake it out, shake it out, shake it out. So, there's some very specific stones that I think the Lord wants to go into tonight. Um, dang, we're gonna have to do this quick. Okay. Number one, actually, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do it this way. I'm gonna do it this way. I'm gonna do like three separate spots, okay? I want you to come down to the altar if this applies to you. And we'll do one here, one here, and one here. First one, uh, the stone of physical pain in your body, physical pain. If you experience physical pain in your body, um, and it's, especially if it's, it's like a long-standing thing, um, I also felt like perchance there is someone here that you feel incredible stomach pain and issues around your stomach. If that is you, I'd love for you to come down over here. Um, and don't be shy, don't be shy, because we're gonna just pray. We're gonna pray and believe the Lord to touch our bodies, to touch our hearts, our minds. So you can come down right here. The second stone, um, anxiety and sleeplessness. 
that can actually come from a pattern of carrying what the Lord is meant to carry, which is like unprayed prayers. And that's a pattern that he wants to break tonight. So if, you're, if, that's, if you feel that, anxiety, sleeplessness, um, I want you to come here. Before I get to the third one, I wanna equip you guys with a hammer, right? We said that the word of God is like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. So for physical pain, the reason that, that I feel like this is um, important is because sometimes pain can be perpetuated in a mindset and a lifestyle and the Lord wants to break that tonight. So here's your hammer, Isaiah 53, four through five. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities and the punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds, we are healed. The Lord is speaking from the place of completion into your place of process. So grab a hold of that. And that's your starter. That's your starter hammer. And God will reveal more too. For um, against anxiety and sleeplessness and Psalm 61, one through three. Hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I call to you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you are my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. God has the perspective, he's higher, and he can take everything that you're carrying, and you are just gonna learn to continually lay things down, and anxiety is gonna be broken off of you. And for our last group, um, this one, specifically around grief and the loss of a loved one, I would love for you to come down but I specifically want you to know if you are, that you are seen if, you, if your mother committed suicide or if you are the child of a parent that committed suicide. You are seen, you are loved, you are known, and those triggers where you feel like maybe you'll see something like a handwritten note or you see your mom's handwriting or you know that feeling of being triggered in that moment the Lord is going to reframe that and he is going to shift that and no longer are you going to feel stuck in a moment like all of life has continued on but you're going to be able to move forward and know that you are seen and loved and if that's you, I would love for you to come find me because I actually want to minister very specifically into that personally. Um, so right now, I'd love if you guys just lift your hands. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your word. <sighs> the hammer, the hammer for, the hammer against grief. Psalm 73, 26. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. God will fill those places that feel like there's an absence and a void. So lift your hands. Father, I thank you right now for these beautiful people. Father, I pray that the fire of heaven would fall on them, that they would feel your presence so personally right now. They would feel you right in front of them they would feel that your arm is around them. They would feel your embrace. 
Father, right now in Jesus' name, I loose your people of every spirit of infirmity, everything that has held them captive, everything that has tried to steal life from them right now, I command it to go in Jesus' name. And I thank you, God, that these mighty ones will rise up and they will have an incredible testimony of your freedom and your healing right now. Father, I pray that the fire of heaven would fall on them, oh God. Thank you, Lord, and thank you for these ones here, Lord, who are brave and who are declaring that no longer are they gonna carry the things that you have, have carried for them and you will carry in the future. Father, I thank you right now that there is a peace that comes over them. And I speak to that spirit of fear, that constricting spirit that tries to steal their breath, that tries to steal the anointing and I break its power. And spirit, I command you to go in Jesus' name. Anxiety, I cut you off in Jesus' name. I cut you off at the root. Fear, I break you off right now in Jesus' name. And I thank you, God, that fire would come on these ones, that they would know how to walk in peace and authority, God. I thank you, Lord, right now that your, your heavenly presence falls on them. Oh Lord, and for these ones who have experienced incredible grief, Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you would just reach into the deepest parts of their heart. And I thank you, God, that we can agree with your word and know that it breaks the hard places, that the stones that they've built up out of self-protection can come down. I thank you, God, that you can, you're gonna take it down like a, like a wall being taken down. He's so gentle. One stone at a time, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you can be trusted. I thank you, Lord, that life is beautiful and that pain that has been passed on to them, specifically passed on to them in selfish choices is not theirs to carry. I thank you, God, that there is healing. And Father, for those that have stolen their own life out of these ones' lives, Father, I pray that you would give them the courage and the, and the strength to forgive. So if you wanna, let's all, let's all declare, everyone right now, if there's a person in your mind that you wanna forgive, I want you to hold them in your mind. And we say, Heavenly Father, I forgive that person. You can say their name under, the, under your breath. And maybe that's hard to say, but I wanna equip you with the starting point, that this is the starting point. We forgive and release them, Lord. We honor those that have gone on. We honor them even if their actions weren't honoring or, or worthy of honor. We declare love and we declare God freedom in this moment. So I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name that the spirit of grief is broken off. Grief, I command you to go in Jesus' name. And I declare you are cut off from your people, that these ones here would run and not grow weary. They would walk and not faint. They would have joy rising up in their spirit. I thank you, Lord, for the power of heaven over their lives and that you set them free in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now. Bye for now.